Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm here today with Professoressa Arianna Solomon from Florida Atlantic University. And we're going to talk today about Italian culture through food. Buongiorno, professoressa. Come stai? Come stai? Buongiorno. <laughs> call, call me Arianna. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to switch. I was going to ask you if we could switch to the to the tube form. So absolutely, uh, it's a, it's absolutely, a joke. please. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you today? Everything good in Boca Raton? Bene, bene. It's a beautiful day today. It how is. are you today? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about this because this is something. That you know, I've had these blogs for a while now, and I and one of the central themes has always been sort of exploring Italian culture through food because food does figure so prominently when you when you visit Italy or even when you just <laughs> chat with an Italian person. You know, sooner or later you start talking about food. So uh, you have this really cool course um, at FAU. You're teaching uh, your graduate student going after your PhD in comparative literature. Is that correct? Comparative studies, but comparative yeah. studies. Sorry. <laughs> and um, and so you're teaching the an undergraduate course in this uh, Italian food culture. So tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll ask you something about the course, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, sounds good. Um, well, first of all, I don't know if you can tell by my accent, but I am Italian. I was born in this little town in Veneto called Castelfranco, uh, where my family is still. And yeah, I'm pursuing a PhD here at FAU, and and I also teach uh, undergrad. I used to teach Italian uh, language classes. Uh, now I'm really excited to be teaching this uh, food class. Um, and yeah, I'm interested in Italian literature. So that was uh, your little mistake on my uh, on my degree, but it totally makes sense because literature is my passion and also Italian American literature. So those are my two uh, literary loves. Um, yeah, well, thanks. I mean, you, you shared the you shared the syllabus with me, and I noticed that a lot of a lot of the references you made were to literature. To um, uh, what was it you? I mean, even like Umberto Eco, and um, and what were some yeah. of the other ones you had? Um, I put uh, Limoni, the Lemon Trees by Montale, right? and I believe I put Moravia for Lazio as for well. Lazio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the book of I, I, uh, the book of uh, of uh, what is it the, the the politeness the decorum what's it called the oh Galeta? the Galateo absolutely Galateo. Yes. yeah yes the good manners the that's good also manners a, uh, yes that's also an important part of food culture it yes. is it is and maybe we'll get into some of that so um, so. Tell us now. I mean, well, let's see where where to start. Uh, more about you, though. I mean, so you 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 came here to the U.S. Uh, and you know, it's when I first met you the first time, I was I was shocked. You just got here like a year ago because your your accent is almost zero. I mean, it is zero, really. Gracias. So, Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, so you know, you're you're here to to study um, Italian 
comparative studies, and that's a lot to do with literature, but what else is involved with that? And what, what will your degree ultimately be? Um, I want to be an Italian teacher at the end of the day. I would love to be a professor in college. Um, but I came here to the U.S. because of the Italian-American part of my degree. So hmm. I'm interested in the comparison between the Italian and Italian and the Italian American cultures in general, and specifically in literature, because that's what my also my uh, master's uh, degree was in. So, oh, cool. Yeah, well, American Professor uh, Pettinator studies a little bit of that too, doesn't he? The Italian American yes. uh, literature. So, um, and Italia Ilaria Serra too. Um, oh, right. Yeah, and, and of course, it's cinema as well. Uh, she she's yes goes into the cinema yes. as well too. Um, so that's interesting too, because I mean, there's a lot to be said about, well, I mean, this is a whole, I don't know if we want to go down, maybe we eventually go down this road, but the, you know, the, when you're on Facebook groups and they start talking about Italian food and then of course, you know, all the Italian Americans from New York and New Jersey have their, um, opinion of what Italian food is and often conflicts with, um, you know, what Italians consider their own regional cuisine to be. And so that's often an interesting discussion. There's a whole group on Facebook called Italians Mad at Food that uh, it gets pretty funny. <laughs> I should check it, it out. It's funny. Yeah, you should. <laughs> anyway, um, where do you want to start? I mean, uh, let's see. I have my my, my talking points here. Um, you know, we can talk, first of all, you know, so, so we kind of touched on it already, but maybe describe how you structured the course and how you're you're incorporating you know the food the culture the history and the literature to kind of bring together this 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 course and so can you tell a little more about that of course so my course goes into two parallel um histories one of the history of italy and i don't know how many americans know that italy wasn't united until 1861 so there are a lot of of different histories inside of uh, the same territory, different kingdoms, different republics, just different cities. Um, and also every week we go, we start from the Middle Ages and then we move um, through history. And then every week we also touch on a different region. So this week was Veneto, last week was Lombardia, next week will be Emilia Romagna. So we focus more on the geography of the, the region, its history, and how both of these um, aspects end up in the cuisine, you know, in the ingredients or how the ingredients are cooked and therefore their culture. So I want I want my students to know there's so much more than pizza and pasta. Every region is special and even every town, really. Yeah. All the riveries, uh, you know, where is the tiramisu? Uh, where, where was the tiramisu invented? You know, that's that's is that Treviso? Is that Friuli? All these little little things, you know, there's mm -hmm. so much more. So, yeah, so yeah. You, you touched on a little bit. So um, we talk about how the history affects the, the food of a region and, and thereby the, the culture. So this would be a lot to do with, you know, the Italians traveling abroad, like, you know, say Marco Polo going to the east, or also the Arabs who came mm -hmm. to Sicily. Yes. Um, things like this. And then even, of course, even across borders, I mean, you know, probably near the border with France, you may have a little crossover there. And um, you know, maybe talk a little bit about that and, you know, and, and how that those sort of influences play into the, the evolution of the food of regions. Absolutely. So the first week of classes, we talked about Sicily. And that was, I think, a good start because the Arabs had a huge influence on what ingredients they brought to Italy, to Sicily first, and then to southern Italy, and now to the rest of Italy. 
Italy. And also this week we're talking about Venice. Venice was a huge republic and um, it used to do a lot of trade with the Arabs and the Middle East and the spices. And you find those little things. You find the pine nuts in the Sardin Saor, or you find the pine nuts in Sicily. You find the raisins and you wonder, where are they from? And I hope my students now know that those come from the Arabs. We talked about pasta, the first um, literary, again, I'm a literature major, the first literary, uh, the first time anybody talked about pasta in Italy was an Arab writer, Aladrizi, hmm. in Sicily. So, I didn't know that. Yes. And, and, so, and what about and like the tomatoes that are, that are so ubiquitous in Italian cuisine these days? I mean, that, they haven't always been around either. Absolutely. No, they're American. They weren't. They weren't in, in Italy until um, Columbus went to. You know, he wanted to go to India and ended up in the United States. Um, and that's how you got. And that's how you got uh, other things like polenta. You know, corn. Uh, that was. That is now one of the most important, if not the most important, northern uh, side dish or dish in general. You know, comes from corn. We didn't have corn before the United. Before you know the fourteen ninety two. When Columbus landed uh, in in the in what is now the United States, so yeah, those little things in history. I hope I hope my students will get around to understand that we haven't touched on Columbus yet, but I hope they will. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I remember I remember being in Sicily once in Modica, and they have this this type of chocolate there, this raw chocolate that the Spanish brought back from Mexico, and mm -hmm. now that's a big part of the the. That Sicilian chocolate, you know, is, is actually was brought from Mexico. So, um, yeah, and they, in fact, sometimes they put uh, like red hot chili peppers in it too, which is interesting. Absolutely, yes, so, lots uh, of spices. Yes, yeah, very spicy. Um, and so also, well, I mean, we can we don't have to go too much into this because it's maybe not as 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 pertinent to the culture. But I mean, you know, obviously the geography plays a role. I mean, certain things grow better in Sicily than they do in Emilia Romagna, and you know, or in the mountains versus coastal areas. So. I mean, those also have influence on the food culture, I suppose. Yes, I think one of the key aspects of Italian culture um, through food and the Mediterranean diet in general is, is sustainable, sustainability. Uh, help me help me pronounce that word. No, that's <laughs> perfect. Words. Sustainability. Yeah, sustainability. And I know it's, uh, it's a dear uh, topic to you, too. Um, everything, most most everything um, was locally grown. So if you know where a city is, then you understand why does he have sea fish instead of river fish, you right. know, or lake fish, or, uh, you know, I, I'm from Veneto, so we were just covering this in class, you know, the sardines, huge part of Venetian culture. Um, you need to understand the history of the, the Venice area to understand why uh, those foods are there. And at the same time, the urban market, so they would meet in the city and they would trade what they what the country would grow and 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 the spices come in from different places all the mix is a beautiful mix of influences and i i, I like this uh, comparative um view on that you know a lot of italians get very protective of their food and but it's beautiful to understand you know the the mix the richness of it that comes also from other people in other cultures well, sure. And, and you, you said something interesting about, you know, maybe trading some of the food at the market or getting some ingredients because some of it was, you know, came maybe from the mountains and some of it from the sea. But, you know, none of it was that far away. I mean, they had this concept of, you know, locally sourced or they call it zero kilometer 
um, mm -hmm. you know, food acquisition or food distribution. And, and that just means that, you know, you're eating the things that are grown. I mean, maybe not zero kilometer, but, you know, usually it's like 10, 15 kilometers from, from where you are. I mean, pretty close. Yeah. So there's not this um, until recently. I mean, recently, last maybe one or two generations where, you know, the, the food delivery systems, you know, had these industrial networks, this infrastructure where they could, you know, bring in food from all over the country and indeed, you know, from overseas. But I think traditionally Italy has held on to that sort of zero kilometer uh, approach for a long time, even if it's now starting to diminish a little bit. But I mean, I think it's still sort of there in the in the attitude of people who want to eat locally. Even the season of the of the food, especially sure. of vegetables and fruit, is still very much um um the, the the reason why you cook certain food in winter uh, compared to the summer that is still right. today very important uh but I, I do agree that there's just in general a culture devaluation of food and where the food is grown and where it's made so hopefully this class will you know fight that in, in a little tiny 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 way yeah so what do they mean uh in some of this you know like you say, some of it now seems to us to be very high quality ingredients or expensive ingredients. So fish and, you know, seafood in general. But I mean, there's this term cucina povera where it sort of refers to, um, you know, poor people's food. I don't know. That's a good translation. But um, what is the concept of this cucina, cucina povera that um, sort of talks about the Mediterranean diet and slow food and, and the zero kilometer stuff? So why why is that important? Or what does I'm it mean? Glad, I'm glad you brought it up because one of the uh, uh, themes that I'm trying to um, cover uh, through all of the regions that we're studying with my students is the concept of waste and this concept of recycling leftovers, which is one of the aspects of the, as you call the poor people's <laughs> kitchen, I don't know, cuisine, cucina povera. So the idea of using the ingredients you have and uh, back in the day, of course, we're talking about farmers, we're talking not the rich people, but, you know, the normal people didn't have access to a lot of uh, fine cuts, for example, for meat. So they would do what they had. And some of these dishes are, I'm going to be honest, some of the best dishes are the poorest dishes sure, um, because they got so creative with it. Um, and there's so many, uh, I'm biased on leftovers specifically because I was grow when I was growing up, my mom always told me, finish everything that's on your plate. And if I didn't, I would eat it the next day. So um, there's so many dishes throughout Italy that have that kind of um, poor ingredients, but also the ingredients you never, never throw away. And so like the ribolita in, in Tuscany, you know, it's of vegetables, you know, and bread, like stale bread, or the cassola in Lombardia, which is made with the pork cuts, you know, the the one, not the fine cuts of the meat, of the pork, you know, just whatever, you know, <laughs> just the 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 ugly parts of the of the pig. So I like that. And I hope my my students like that too. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I was I think I mentioned to you about in Rome, they call it the, the quinto quarto, the fifth quarter. So after they would quarter the, the, I guess it was a cow in this case, you know, with all the fine cuts, you know, for the rich people, the poor people got this fifth quarter that was left over, basically whatever fell to the floor of the butcher shop, they would, you know, they'd <laughs> scrape it up and make it into a, you know, um, this like the, the tripa alla romana or the coda machinata, mm -hmm. there's the oxtail stew, um, you know, so uh, there was, I mean, they just, you couldn't afford to waste anything because there wasn't that much food to go around. I mean, yeah, even, even 
Yeah. Even ahead, today in class, I mentioned, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I mentioned blood, you know, how, yeah. you, you know, with the, the blood, the blood from the pig, some people make, you know, pies out of that, which kind of sounds gross today, but you really, there's a saying in Italy, you throw away nothing of the pig, right. literally nothing. Yeah, nothing. And I think yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, even the hooves they use, like uh, to make the zampone or whatever. What's that dish called? Do they have that? It's like at uh, New Year's Eve or something. They have um, something with the 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 zampe of the of the pig, or I don't know. Uh, anyway. Where I'm from, we eat the um, uh, the nose. The nose, the yeah, sure. Yeah, so sure. like the face of the nose of the of the pig. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh! I mean, you you know that would be that would be a little unsettling to see that staring up at you from the plate. But I mean, I, you know, I know it's good. I mean, in the hands of the right cook, I mean, it's delicious. So, uh, or the but, tongue. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had a cow's tongue? I never have. I just, I'm not sure I'm comfortable tasting something that you know might be tasting me back at the same time. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's this. Um, I like that tasting you back. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Almost philosophical. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a stretch, but okay. Um, but um, you, let's let's go. Oh, you know, into another area of the cultural um, ways that the the food. I mean, this is again, this may not be a, a direct line, but you know, you 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 shared with me an article about the the, the way the, the the term terrone uh, developed. And as a derogatory term, the northern people would say of the of the southerners who had come up to to the north to, to find work, and then the southerners, of course, found their own derogatory term for the northerners, also using a, a term associated with food. So, can you tell us a little about that, if you know it? I mean, I, I kind of put you on the spot here. I don't know if I asked you about no, that. Really. It's okay. Um, it they both developed back in the 50s and 60s because of the factories in the north, especially in Torino and Turin, and the Fiat. Uh, um, they gave a lot of jobs to uh, a lot of Italians in general, especially people from the South uh, were struggling to find a job. So they traveled North. Some of them traveled to the United States or other countries, and some of them uh, traveled to the North, um, equal, equally migrated to a different, um, completely different environment where they weren't always um, welcomed. So they came up, Northerners came up with this terrone, um, slang slur if you will um that comes from terra so the earth um so it refers to them being word. farmers basically i mean they look yes. at their hands yeah yes in a very uh, negative way and on the other side polentoni would be the um equivalent for northerners that comes from polenta so also what being northerners eat um i would i wouldn't i would argue that they're not on the same level um as right. a northerner, I wouldn't be as offended as if somebody called me polen polentona as probably somebody from the south. But yes, it's interesting. One comes from the earth and also polenta comes from corn and the earth. Yeah. Yeah, that's it is interesting. I mean, that <laughs> they found these drugger terms that it's sort of, you know, in some way relates to what they eat. And so, mm -hmm. um, but if we want to take a step further, okay. So you said something interesting, and I, I'll I'll expand that a little bit. I, I think a lot of times Italians uh, from the south who came to the north, you know, felt almost as foreign as they would have if they went to another country. Of course, and, and even with the language, I think probably back in the fifties and sixties, you know, standard Italian wasn't quite as um, dispersed maybe as it is today. I mean, correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong. But that is um, absolutely true. Um, it's standard Italian was. Um, 
taught by the television and television Italy uh, aired in 1954, I believe. Mm -hmm. So Mama not everybody I, had a television then, probably. No, know. absolutely. So it took a long, long time. Yes. So they were speaking very different dialects, especially yeah. from the very north and the very south. Yeah, I mean, almost completely separate languages, really. I mean, I know Sicilian is considered a, a separate language. It's got a little bit, you know, its grammar is different. And, and of course, the, the words are different. It's interesting language. to draw a link between the language and the and the food, because also language was very um, influenced by the um, the invaders. So like sure. you would have Arabic uh, food in Sicily. Also, their dialect also comes from that on top of many different things. And the dialects from the north, like Turin, also had the um, French, um, you know, influence like their food. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've seen it in Palermo in Sicily. I mean, there are there are areas in the center of Palermo where the street signs are still both in Italian and Arabic. And so and you can certainly find couscous on your plate if you go to certain restaurants and, and things like that. So, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's it's still there. I mean, it's not, you know, as prominent probably as it once was. But I mean, you don't you won't miss it, though. It's, it's certainly it's certainly there. Um, yes, so if we want to. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but one thing I also want to stress is there are many things that um, I started my first class asking, is there is Italian food real? Like, does yeah. Italian food exist? Um, and the answer question. at the end was, yeah, because you have all these regional differences and all these right. uh, influences. But at the end of the day, yes, it does exist. And well, at least I think so. Well, really, uh, we that's interesting. So Tell me more, because I mean, that, that seems to be a, a minority opinion. And from what I've, you know, encountered, I mean, uh, people will always talk about their, the food of their region, but, you know, they'll say, well, Italian food in the minds of Americans is actually some, some version of um, Naples food, you know, brought here from, from immigrants to the U.S., which got then changed further based on the ingredients they found in the U.S. And so what would you call Italian food? Um, so there are many regional differences and that's the focus of my class because I want my American students to know there's so much more than just pizza or cannoli you know <laughs> um but I do think there's a culture behind it that like the waste you know the relationship with waste or with uh the zero kilometer there's certain, certain maybe the the ingredients change but I think there's some the culture is very very uh similar yeah for so, sure like I don't know, like, uh, well, I mean, the pasta, take the pasta, you know, that's whatever you cook it with, that's your personal or regional or even your town's uh, tradition. But the pasta is just the everything about pasta is Italian, you know, and that's true. And there are some ingredients that do seem to travel all over the country, like you see Parmigiano Reggiano is pretty much everywhere in every region. I yeah. mean, or some version of that hard, hard aged cheese. And some Fordham prosciutto is in every single, I mean, some, again, there's, there's the prosciutto di Parma, there's the prosciutto di San Daniele, but it's still prosciutto and they all, you know, uh, you're right. So I guess in that sense, yeah, definitely that's true. And and just sort of the whole attitude towards, what, and what about if we can talk about this? I mean, this is a little more, um, if, if this is consistent throughout Italy, like, you know, there's sort of this way of eating, like um, now this is a little more of, let's say, I don't want to say formal dinner or lunch or whatever, but you always have this idea of 
you know, things come in a certain order. There's the antipasto, Absolutely. then there's the primo, then there's the secondo, and there might be a contorno. And there's, you know, you don't generally have the piatto unico. I mean, I guess you can, but um, what about that sort of thing? Is that is that sort of uh, ubiquitous throughout Italy or is that just regional or how, how, how the how people eat or this, the tempo, the, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But. I know, I know what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, this is a little fun fact. One of the first things that I noticed when I moved to the U.S. is that, that um, Americans often order a salad with their meal, like yeah. with their pizza. And I've never find, found anything as curious, as peculiar that, as that, because to me, <laughs> a salad is, you know, a second course if anything, you know, it's right. mostly a side dish. I would never order it with pizza, for example. Um, so, yeah, I do think that the way we separate our meals, you know, antipasto is a certain thing. Primo is, you know, carbs like risotto, pasta, ravioli, whatever it is. And then you have the secondo, which is usually meat or fish, you know, and then you have the dessert. There's a there's a tradition there. There's a culture. There's almost a ritual that I yeah. think is what makes Italian food. You know, the ingredients change absolutely, but the culture I think is can be one. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. So there's this way of eating and sort of this way of respecting food and respecting the you know the the bounty that you're that you're that you have and um, as you said the sustainability and you know. Also enjoying food. I, I think there's one other thing probably you notice, and, and but maybe it's because you're you know, the younger generation than I am. I mean, it's not as obvious, but in the U.S. we have this culture of like sort of eating on the go. Or you take your your you know the drive through, <laughs> uh, you know fast food, or even the drive through coffee. I mean, I can't imagine a drive through coffee in Italy. To be honest, I mean, <laughs> why would anybody if you didn't have time to sit and you know go to the coffee bar? <laughs> why would you even bother? You just skip the coffee in that case. I mean, if it, you know, I, I don't. Can't see an Italian getting a a, a, a venti Starbucks drive-through latte with frappuccino. <laughs> we don't you know? have it. I don't <laughs> have the closest Starbucks to me. Italy is, I believe, three hours away. Yeah, I mean, it's only like four in the whole country, right? I mean, there's like one yes. in Milan, one in Rome. I think there's one in Florence now, but I mean, that's probably about it. I don't know if Venice has one. Probably not. No, I don't think so. Um, hmm. But also, also alcohol uh, oh. is, has the same relationship and I had to explain this to my young students and I you know there's <laughs> um you know young people everywhere in Italy too you know drink to get drunk but yeah. Italians traditionally we drink for the pleasure of it to socialize right. I had to explain the concept of aperitivo you right. know of the spritz where I'm from you know, right. you take one and you chat with your best friend. And, you know, if you have so much to say, maybe you take a second one, but you don't drink to get drunk. You get the little chiquetti in Venice or the little, you know, snacks in the other parts of the yeah. country. Um, so you don't get drunk. That's and right. Because, you, you, I mean, like a, a spritz is a relatively low alcohol drink. Um, I mean, yes. you know, it's got Campari or, or uh, Aperol in it, but those are, and then mm -hmm. it's got like soda water and, you know. Um, yes. But it's so so that that would be an important thing, like to to mention to a, an American, particularly younger, is like it, it's not necessarily synonymous with happy hour, even though they kind of occur around the same time of day. Because happy hour is like you know you have two hours to to order as many low price drinks as possible, and wow. and you know may or may not be any food around. I mean you know honestly usually there's not, and so you know with 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 
an aperitivo, absolutely, it's got to be food. In fact, I think there's, isn't there like a requirement by law or something that if you order a, an alcoholic drink, they have to give you at least something like chips or olives or something. I mean, you can't just, you know, sit there and drink alcohol. <laughs> anything. Yeah, it would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Even our wine with our meals, you know, mm -hmm. like how you are not supposed to drink um, red wine with your fish. Why you're supposed to only drink white wine because it pairs with the fish. You know, it's part of the meal. It's part of the experience, almost the dish itself, the wine. Yeah. So right. it's not just to get drunk. It's literally an ingredient, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It's, and, it's and that's so the other thing is like you, that. you'll drink. I mean, I, I've seen like, and then there's usually water at the table too. So even if you're sipping wine, you're going to have some water because if you get thirsty, you don't want to slug back, you know, an entire glass of wine. So you, you'll have some water there too, but you almost never see like uh, a soft drink at a dinner table, um, at least not, I mean, maybe, maybe more recently, but, or at least, or maybe some younger kids might do that, but mm -hmm. I, I never really saw adults drinking anything except wine or water at the dinner table or at the lunch table for that matter. I mean, maybe a beer if you're having pizza or panino or something, but I mean, um, I don't know. Do you, yeah. do you see a lot of that? Or I, mean, I think, yeah. I think pizza is a good example because I would see it paired with, a beer or a, a coke you know but i wouldn't see you know a fine steak paired with um a soda dr. Pepper, or, so, yeah. or a doctor oh we don't have it doesn't matter no, I know, I just, i'm sorry to I, break it i know all that's, the Americans yeah or mountain dew or one of those things that have just you know more sugar than you're supposed to have an entire day and you know 12 ounce drink but, <laughs> um nope. so uh, yeah i mean that's that's that is something you know and I've, i just I know Italians sometimes can be, you know, just appalled when they see some of the things we do. Ordering a cappuccino with your with your lasagna or something like I've seen it happen in Italy. I've seen American tourists order a cappuccino with their lasagna. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't explain it. But uh, have you have you? I witnessed... try to be as understanding as possible because, yeah, I try. Like... Um, it was funny uh, in Venice. I, I had my I did my master's and my bachelor at the University of Venice, and my friends and I would be done with classes around eleven thirty in the morning, and we yeah. would order a spritz. And the tourists would, you know, they're on vacation; they just woke up, so they would order a cappuccino. So it was always funny to see us, you know, with the spritz, <laughs> looking like drunk people and but only right. having one you know as we said you know just sipping yeah. and chatting about classes and then people drinking a cappuccino at 11 as one does but yeah it's always funny to see to that's see true tourists. i remember when i was there with um with with emma with uh, dr petten there um we went to a well, same thing we were we were done whatever we were doing in the morning about 11 30 and we went to this little place where they would you'd get like a mozzarella and carrozza or something like that mm. and then we just get a little berrino just a so a small beer but it was like i mean half the size of a normal beer if that and just one you know but it was like 11 30 in the morning but we'd have one tiny <laughs> tiny little beer so you yeah, know yeah. it's it's cultural it's definitely cultural because okay. you know if a U.S. student was there, you know, with us, I mean, they'd say, okay, so we're drinking beer, then let's go. I mean, then you start ordering beer after beer, but no, it's just, you know, one, and then you move on with your day. Yeah, and uh, you, you you savor it, you know, you you sip it, you mm -hmm. don't chug it, anything, <laughs> right. you know, you don't. It's you not don't a competition, yeah. That's it's right. not, you just have one, maybe two, again, if, you know, the conversation 
conversation takes long enough, but there's so much, there's so much to it, you know, like Italians even order a specific kind of wine, you know, it's not just like any white wine, you know, some wines go with uh, fish, some go with desserts, you know, you would never mix them, you know, it's not the same. And it's almost something you're you grew up you grew up with. You know? Well, I'm I'm from a region where prosecco is made, where yeah. Valpolicella is made in Verona. I'm a huge fan. Um, I I don't personally like Chianti. Um, okay. So not all reds are the same. There's so much. Well, well that's obviously true. I like the ones from my region, but that's. No, know. that's true because I mean that that's a good point though. I think what you're kind of alluding to is that you know like the food, the wines are very regional and. And the wines and the food sort of evolve side by side. So they do tend to go well with each other. So yeah, maybe a red from Sicily wouldn't go that good with the with some, you know, dish from Veneto. If it was, you know, even if it called for a red, you'd want to pair it with the regional red because I mean, again, they sort of evolve side by side and they're meant to complement one another, I guess. I mean. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, you <laughs> there's this term in Italy that's campanilismo um <laughs> yeah which, I love that I love that word which means you know that you're always a fan of your own city and your own city is the best right. and your own you know literally your your tower like bell tower from the church is the one you know right. and and obviously the ones the wines from my regions are the best <laughs> in they are very opinion, good but no Benito's got great wines yeah the Valporcella um what's the what's the white is it what's that uh, oh yeah Amarone is red also, uh, but white mm -hmm. would be uh, suave? No. Um, suave, yes. That's also from, yes. And okay. Prosecco, my, my Prosecco. favorite. Right. And they also like near, uh, don't they also make a Malbec there? It's, I mean, it's not like it's Malbec, it's spelled a little different than the Argentinian one, but um, they also, I remember having a Malbec in Treviso one time. But, um, okay, so here's another one. So you're just talking okay. about the, the alcohol in the morning. Uh, Veneto is known for, uh, yeah, I mean, among other things, you have the Cafe Corretto. I mean, it kind of comes from Veneto, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have least... Bastano del Grappa. Right, right, right. Grappa where the grappa is made, yes. So that's okay, though. I mean, the guy, you know, the, the old men drink that, I guess, you know, they're especially in the wintertime, you know, first thing in the morning, they put a little drop. I mean, not a, it's not like a full shot, probably, even just a little bit of grappa in their coffee in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Keeps them warm. Uh, I would, I would, um, I would drink it, or I would see people drink it usually after a meal, so maybe after lunch. Okay. You know, you clean, you clean your little, um, uh, your little cup. Your yeah, little right. That's right. The, the I've seen yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, such a tiny bit, you don't get drunk. That's no. the same concept as before. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a, and also that's, <laughs> I sh shouldn't probably say this, but um, my, my dad is trying to uh, not eat as much sugar, you know, cause it's not very good for you. So he had this brilliant idea that if you put grappa, you know, you don't have to put sugar. So now he's been putting, <laughs> drinking more cafe corretto. So he wouldn't put sugar in his coffee. Um, <laughs> well, let me know how that experiment works out. Cause that sounds like a, a, a regime I can embrace, you know? Um, <laughs> But uh, well, listen, this has been great, Ariana. We could talk yeah, about I would this not, forever. I don't know. I don't know. As long as he's happy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I yes, mean, that's true. We can, but um, I'll let you go. <laughs> no, you don't have to let me go. I just, uh, well, I mean, 
to be transparent here, you know, the, the Zoom time is running down. And um, so we have to <laughs> eventually wrap it up. But we can do it again sometime if you want. I know you've been kind enough to invite me um, to speak to your class. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. We can talk more about how you want that to how you want that to look. But, um, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun because, you know, I took a, quite a few classes there at FAU with the, with the Italian faculty. And uh, I just miss being in that environment where everybody is, you know, sharing this wonderful culture, just like you shared with me today. And all the the little details, which I just find so fascinating, and uh, you know, even after I lived there for several years, there's every time I talk to someone like you, I I learn something new, and so that's what it's all about. Thank you. Those are very yeah. nice words. Yeah, well, FAU is a very welcoming family. So. Yeah, you're gonna do great there, and you know, I'm sure you'll you'll go on to great things, you know, academically with um, you know, with, with you in your own career. But uh, you're starting at a very very good place. So uh, congratulations on you. your on your program and uh, I'm looking forward to the class and yes. uh, do my best <laughs> we'll talk again soon yes have a wonderful day and thank you you too buona giornata ciao buona giornata anche te ciao well that's it for today's episode come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet and find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao.